Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. We have Dan is going to be speaking this morning on thoughts. He says it's a really good message and he is a really good teacher. Lord, we ask you to give him your anointing. Fill his mouth and his heart with your words and help us to understand and follow and may it make a good change in us all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Stan. And we thank our the church thanks you for those <laughs> that are here and those that might be watching on our live stream. We thank you for taking the making the choice of being a part of our service today. Well, as the pastor said, the, the topic is thoughts. Now, I got on to this because I never heard a sermon where this was the primary topic. I've heard it talked about in passing, but never the main focal point. And I just got them laid on my heart to this is the next thing I need to do. Thoughts are important. And we are bombarded day in, day out with all sorts of ungodly, contrary to Christ's teachings. And we have to be careful we don't let those things impact and influence how we think. Why thoughts are important. The purpose of the presentation is to show that things we see, hear, and read can have a major impact on the thoughts we have throughout the day and night. Those thoughts can, in turn, cause us to take actions which can either be good are bad for ourselves and can also impact the lives of those around us. As Christians, this is especially important because many times the actions we take and the words we speak can be determining factors on whether or not others who are observing what we do and say are led to accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So it is important to surround ourselves with positive and uplifting influences on a daily basis. When I was going through, and and this presentation is going to be a little bit different than what I've done in the past. Because in the past, uh, I've done like two slides and boom, I'm right into the Bible verses. But this is in three parts, and because it's in three parts and there's 75 slides in this thing, this is going to be done over two Sundays, and, you know, the part two will be at a later date. But the first part, we're going to look at non-biblical sources. Tell you a quick story about that. When I was doing this, I did my two, like, slides, and there's one more about definitions. And so I started putting Bible verses in. Within three to five minutes, I got this really strong feeling, nope, not yet. Okay, so I started doing a little more digging, found some more non-biblical. Okay, time to put the Bible verses in. Sure enough, three to five minutes, no, not yet. Okay. Finally find some more three slides from a speech that I thought was really good on this topic. No, not yet. I will tell you when it's time to put them in, but not yet. 
That's the gist of what was I got on my feeling. Yes, sir, whatever you say. So I get a few more in there. Here it comes again. That old feeling comes again. Now it's time. Yes, sir, whatever you say. So we're going to look, and I'm glad that happened because the information, I didn't know this stuff, but it will help to validate what the Bible's saying. It's not that the Bible needs validation, but in looking at the non-biblical, I think you'll have a better understanding of why these Bible verses are relevant and why they're important and why they work. Okay? So next thing, we're going to look at definitions. Now, as you see, there are seven. A product of mental activity, single act or product of thinking, the act or process of thinking, mental activity, thought as well as action wearies us. Keep that in mind because a number of the verses and some of the non-biblical really reinforce that particular point. The capacity or faculty of thinking, reasoning, imagining, a consideration or reflection, i.e. thought of death terrifier, uh, meditation, recollection, deep in thought. But it's number seven that I want you to keep in the back of your mind because what I found in both the non-biblical and biblical, number seven shows up all the time, all the time. So keep number seven, intention, design, or purpose, especially a half-form or imperfect intentions. The Christian religion is the hardest religion or faith to exercise. Not Confucianism, Buddhism, Islam. Why? Because it's one thing if you're bowing down, that's a good thing, but that's an outward action. The reason why Christianity is the toughest religion to do and successfully, because he's looking here. He's not looking at the outside. He's looking in here. He's looking in here. He's seeing what's in your heart, what's in your mind. And the mind can be both a beautiful asset to strengthen your face or Satan can use it as one of the most destructive forces that you'll ever see. All right? We're going to get into that uh, during the presentation. What are thoughts? Uh, thoughts, not thoughts. <laughs> yeah, it's a new mer- uh, word I just made up. The source, as you see, uh, on all the non-biblical, if you look at the top, I'll show you where I got them from. Um, thoughts are mental cognitions, or ideas, opinions, and beliefs about ourselves and the world around us. They include the perspectives we bring to any situation or experience that color our point of view, whether for better or worse or neutral. Example of a long-lived thought is an attitude which is develops as thoughts which are repeated. See, that's, that's one of the big keys. If you have a thought, especially if it's negative, and you keep repeating it, 
sooner or later, and and I speak from personal experience. I'm real. I'm, I'm real familiar with this. It can be reinforced, and if you keep saying negative thoughts, then guess what? That negativity, sooner or later, is going to rub off on you. And what's even more bad about it, sometimes you don't even realize it's happening. Okay? While thoughts are shaped by life experience, genetics, and education, they are generally under conscious control. In other words, if you are aware of your thoughts and attitudes, you can change them. You can change them. The question is, did you want to? Unfortunately, there are some people, they love to be miserable, so they keep those thoughts going. This is from Psychology Today. Edward... Chase Tolman, a great experimentalist and theoretician in psychology, was the first to demonstrate that thoughts, i.g. memories about the layout of a maze, influence action. Let me read that again, or part of it. Was the first to demonstrate that thoughts, what's going on up here, influence action. He demonstrated that the maze-solving behavior of the rat, because this is where he did his experiments, could not be due to just external cues that required information residing only in the rat's mind, uh, information he referred to as cognitive map. There are some people, uh, especially their athletes, they'll tell you, well, I didn't have to think about it. Well, no, you did. But the thought process was so quick because you kept training and making your body to memorize those moves, it's as if you didn't think about it. But something triggered the thought in those people in my mind or in their mind, okay, here's the reaction you need to do, and boom, you do it. You don't have to, all right, do I need to put my hand down here? You didn't have, they don't have to think about it. They know because of repetitive action. But something triggered the actual action. And that's a big point I'm trying to make with you. What you think up here, most of the time, is where it starts. Even if you do a motion, I drive a forklift. I know if I have to get a pallet that's three, three levels up, I know I have to do it, but something has to tell my hand to move the controls to do it. I had to have that thought. Okay, Dan, let's move this control and lift it up. The thought was there before the action occurred. I'm going to hit that point over and over. You're probably going to get sick of it, but that's okay. You look outside in the world today, there's a lot of people that still haven't figured that out. All right, this is from Taking Charge. I have no idea how to say that name, so I'm just going to say Sonia. Another positive positivity researchers have found that 50% of happiness is determined by your set point or genetics, and 10% is determined by your circumstances like finance, health, living situation. The other 40% is based upon your own intentional efforts to become happy. 
meaning you have a big say in how you feel. 40% your own intentional efforts. You're thinking it and then you're doing it. The role of forgiveness. Now, the Bible talks a lot about forgiveness. Uh, and we've had some video clips where people have talked about it. About a month ago, one of our teachers uh, did a clip. In Matthew, I believe it's Matthew 6, he, it's kind of a paraphrase. But he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, then the Father will forgive your trespasses. If you forgive not men their trespasses, then the Heavenly Father will not forgive yours. That should send shivers up and down your spine. It does mine. The role of forgiveness, not only in the context of the Christian faith, but just as you're going to see from practical everyday living, we've got to be willing to forgive. No, no, no. Not willing. As Christians, we have to. Period. We don't have a say-so in the matter. I, uh, there was a person that used to date my mom many, many years ago before she uh, died. And he at times abused her, physically struck her. I never could catch him. But one day he did something and we got in a fight. And I literally, got, literally took him and dragged him from the living room on the floor. And I was sitting on top. I was kind of pushing with my feet. And I drove him out, and I took my fist, and I said, So help me, God, if you ever, ever do this again, I'm doing this. And I took my fist, and I slammed it on concrete. I missed his head by probably this much. And I said, Don't ever do that again. I had to, I had to learn to forgive that person. It didn't matter where I wanted to deny just that uh, verse in Matthews alone said, Danny, you got to forgive. Because if you don't, then you're going to be in trouble with God. The practice of forgiveness, uh, where we go? All right. Forgiveness means that fully accepting that a negative event has occurred and relinquishing our neb- negative feelings surrounding the circumstance. Research uh, shows that forgiveness helps us experience better mental, emotional, and physical health, and it can be learned as demonstrated by the Stanford Forgiveness Project, which trained 260 adults in forgiveness in an eight-week course. And here are the results. 70% reported a decrease in their feelings of hurt. That's good. 13% experienced reduced anger. 27% 27% experience fewer physical complaints. Wow. They cleaned their mind up, and look what happened. They got better health. Like, her, uh, for example, pain, dizziness, etc. The practice of forgiveness has also been linked to better immune function and a longer lifespan. Other studies have shown that forgiveness has more than just a metaphorical effect on the heart. It can actually lower our blood pressure, 
and improve cardiovascular health as well. Forget you store up hatred, you store up anger. Well, guess what? You're you're short-circuiting your life. You're short-circuiting your happiness. Nothing good comes of unforgiveness. And yeah, I'll say it. And if you keep unforgiveness in your heart, you better be ready to be roasting and get hot because that's where you're going. It's just the truth. You know, um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, there's some, when we get to the portion of um, the, the Bible verses, we'll see some verses that talk about forgiveness and how important that is to our Christian faith. This is from VeryWellMind.com. Negative thoughts can contribute to problems such as social anxiety, depression, stress, and low self-esteem. The key to changing your negative thoughts is to understand how you think now and the problems that result. The key to changing is to understand how you think now and the problems that result. Then use strategies then use strategies to change these thoughts or make them have less of an effort. Our thoughts, emotions, behaviors are well linked, and our thoughts impact how we feel and act. Our thoughts impact how we feel and act. So although we have all unhelpful thoughts from time to time, it's important to know what to do with them when they appear so as we don't let them change the course of our day says Robert Rachel Goodman, a psychology and clinical assistant professor at the NYU School of Medicine. This is from uh, lifehack.org. Your mind is the most powerful tool you have for the creation of good in your life. But know what it says here. If not used correctly, can also be the most destructive force in your life. Your mind, more specifically, your thoughts affects your perception and therefore your interpretation of reality. When you change your thoughts, you will change your feelings as well. and You will eliminate the triggers that set those feelings. Both of these outcomes provide you with a greater level of peace in your mind. Of a greater level of peace in your mind. That's what... Many times that's what we're trying to search for, aren't we? We're trying to find peace up here. We, we let the day's troubles get to us and our mind's in turmoil. There's a solution to that, and we're going to get to that. This is, I thought, one of the really neat speeches. There's three slides. Uh, this is from a speech that uh, Dean L. Larson gave at Brigham Young University. I'd like to share with you this morning some thoughts about thoughts. While serving as a mission president, I was interested in the frequency with which missionaries in our personal interviews would ask me this question, President, how do I control my thoughts? These are guys out in the field, right? And that's the question he gets. How do I control my thoughts, not the thoughts of others. They're asking about our thoughts, my thoughts. In the, in the intensive environment where a keen level of spirituality was so essential to the success of the missionaries, 
it didn't take long for these young men and young women to realize that a high level of spiritual power was necessary for them in order to succeed and that thoughts were very instrumental in the acquisition of that power and influence. This is the dean of, of, of school, and he's talking to people that are out in the world like we had the missionary trip just recently, you know, and that's the feedback he's getting. They need a good mindset in order to do their job as missionaries. I've been intrigued for many years about thoughts and the compelling power of thoughts. In the children's classic, The Secret Garden, Miss Burnett gives us these observations in children's language. One of the new things, or one of the things people begin to find out in the last century was that thoughts, just mere thoughts, were as powerful as electric batteries. As good for one as sunlight is, or as bad for one as poison is. To let a sad thought or a bad thought get into your mind is dangerous as letting a scarlet fever germ get into your body. Know what she says next. If you let it stay there after it's got in, you may never get over it so long as you live. Wow. And you're telling me thoughts aren't important and yet you read something like that? Thoughts are important. Thoughts have a great deal to do with how we live, whether we're enthusiastic or depressed, whether we enjoy success or experience a degree of failure, whether we enjoy spirituality or suffer from a lack of it. And in many respects, I believe, whether we are obedient or disobedient to the laws of God. Some modern behaviorists have indicated that the human thought process is very much like the operation of a computer where the conscious and subconscious mind is, is concerned. The input of what we take into our process has much to do with the output in terms of alt altitude, attitude, mood, and behavior. The Lord has recognized the great power of thoughts, and he warned those and addressed whom he addressed in the Sermon on the Mount against the influence of evil or negative thoughts. Proverbs tells us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. Let me read that again. Proverbs tell us that as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. It's true, brothers and sisters. And again, I know. I know from personal experience about that. I know. Uh, to paraphrase that slightly, I think would be very accurately to say that as a man uh, persisteth in his thinking, so will he become. There is that kind of power in thoughts. You know, we live in an imperfect world. And so we're going to not get everything that we want. We're not going to have everything go the way we want. And that's just a fact of life. So you've got to learn to deal with it. How many of you have had to gone for a job and got turned down? How many of you have been at a job 
and you were in line for a really good promotion and didn't get it. How many of you have gotten laid off or fired? I've had every one of those things happen. Every one of them. And see, is it on the next slide? No, I thought I had a slide in there. One point I'll make it here. Your self-image. That is one of the most powerful things that you have. And that self-image can be destructive or it can be good. I had about eight years ago, self-image is a problem I have had just about all my life. All right? And here's the thing I've learned. If you have a negative self-image, in all those situations that I asked or mentioned about losing a job, not getting the promotion, see, Satan uses those as that small crack. It's like, oh, there's an opening right there. And Satan says, oh, wait. And you start thinking, oh, wow, I, I didn't get that. There's something wrong with me. Oops, look here. That crack just got a little bitter, a little bigger. And then you start dwelling on it. But I was better than that person. I should have got it. Uh-oh. That crack got a little bigger. See, those Satan will use those negative thoughts to start driving a wedge to make it bigger and bigger and bigger until finally he don't have to worry about you. You're killing your own self. He doesn't need to do a thing. Not a thing. And sometimes it gets so bad and that you don't listen. Because you don't listen because you don't care. This is this is stuff I've gone through and it's not fun and it's not easy. I had a person and sometimes it gets so bad it takes something really dramatic like self like intervention. I had a friend that people tried to uh, talk to me Danny, you, you need to change this. You need to do this. And I wouldn't listen. I was so into that negative, negative self-image of myself, I didn't listen because I didn't care. And this one person took me in a room, and I will forever, as long as I have a breath in this body, bless the day this happened. Because it finally, McFly... You know, McFly, if finally he said, I don't think you have, and I don't think you ever will. Ow, ow, that hurt. That hurt. But you know what? That's what I needed to do. That's what needed to happen. Because I had let a negative self-image become so ingrained to my very fabric, that's what it took for someone to crack through the barrier. And sometimes you have to do that. Do the things that lead to a positive self-image. That's one of the strongest messages I want you to get from this presentation. 
Now, the third part of this, we're going to talk about, okay, what can we do to help promote a good self-image, to have good thoughts? There are things we can do, and I'm going to get to them in the last part. There are some factors that can influence the thoughts you have on a daily basis. Personality. Your personality plays a big role in shaping your thoughts. Thoughts like openness to new experience and extraversion versus inversion can affect how you think about yourself and others' life experience. Things that can happen to you throughout your life will shape the way you think. I mentioned two of them. Maybe you didn't get a job or maybe you lost a promotion. These happen every day. It's important to be aware of these external influence to that you're not blindly accepting someone else's perspective without questioning it. You know one way you do that? It's called the Bible. Okay? Daily Bible reading. If you're not reading the Bible, then what other people say and other people think about you can soak in. But if you've got a good Bible verse, a Bible that you're reading, I've got a stack of index cards about probably this thick now because I will read my Bible and a verse really leaps out at me. I say, you know, that's a good memorization verse. At first there was like a little stack, about 20. Now there's about 75. And I try to read them every day. Don't always succeed, but I do try. And slowly maturely, you know what? I'm starting to memorize these things. I'm kicking up one or two words and of the verses. Oh, I know this and this. See, I, I know, um, like John, it leaves John 6. Very, very, I say unto you, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works than these you will do, because I go to the Father. See, I didn't, I couldn't do that from memory, and I just misspoke that just now. Very, very, I say unto you, if you believe in me, I forgot if you believe in me. But all of these, when I cut bad things happen, I start going through those index cards in my mind. That's my defense. Okay? Now, I don't want, you don't need to be a Pollyanna about it. Oh, I'm, I'm always good and I'm always perfect and I, I don't have to worry. I don't make mistakes. Well, yeah, you do. Get rid of that. It's a stupid attitude. Because the Bible doesn't, says that's not the case. But be realistic, okay? Be realistic. Understand that you have flaws. Everyone's got flaws. But you read the Bible, you pray, you go to church to help you overcome those thoughts. When the the loved friend said that to me, I actually wound up loving him more because he had the guts to say something that finally got through. So be realistic. Realize that you've got to control your thoughts. We are bombarded by so many negative influences throughout the day and night through the media, through our music, through, well, I don't want to get this taken off, a blank president 
Um, oh, I'll get started on that. But the point is, your mind, brothers and sisters, your mind, that's one of the most potent weapons that you can have to live a victorious life or let Satan use it to make you a defeated fool. Feeling your thoughts doesn't mean that thoughts are felt in the same way you feel a pinprick on the arm or the touch of, of a feather. Rather, it means recognizing the interconnection between thoughts and feelings, how behind every emotion lies a thought that triggers it. Feeling angry, what's the thought driving it? You need to be angry with someone or about something you can't be angry about nothing while keeping your mind blank. I, I like that. You need, you can't be angry about nothing or while keeping your mind blank. There's something in there that's triggering it. It's up to you to figure out what it is and then use Christian principles and beliefs to deal with it. Not Zen or not yoga or all that. No. It's the Bible and prayer. That's how you deal with this stuff. Uh, underlying the felt experience are anger, or thoughts about treating unfairly, and not being able to stand it when people are treated this ways. Emotions do not occur in a mental vacuum. Emotions do not occur in a mental vacuum. Dig a little deeper. And you'll find a thought tethered to your emotional responses. There is that interconnection between thoughts and actions. As hopefully you're starting to see that point in the presentation. Thought of the day from some of the world's greatest thinkers. Uh, when you start your day with inspiring and positive motivating thoughts, it boosts your energy, spirits, and helps you to refocus your day. These thought for the day quotes will help start your day with positive vibes. Uh, I reckon you men, you read these thoughts of the day in the morning every day. And here's something important. Have some positive self-talk. You know, the self-talk I've put myself through, I would make a sailor blush. You can't say anything to me that I haven't said about myself to myself. And it's been, sometimes it's gotten downright mean on a vicious degree. Your self thoughts, again, can either be your greatest asset or the greatest tool Satan has to defeat you. Your day becomes bound to be productive. You may also read out good morning quotes to kickstart the day. He had a list of quotes, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't necessary. That was the point. Your thoughts have tremendous power over you. They create your feelings, which in turn create the tenor and productivity of your day. Your emotional feelings also impact your physical feelings. They can make you feel full of energy and creativity, or they can drag you down, make you lethargic or exhausted. They can even make you sick. Dozens of studies have proven how obsessive negative uh, ruminating creates a self-defeating cycle that retards the body's healing process. 
negative thinking about positive negative outcomes can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You keep thinking it, you're liable to cause energies to be directed so you get just what you thought. I've had that happen. It can, I thought this was interesting. It takes three uh, positive thoughts for each negative to counteract the impact of pessimistic thinking. How we choose to live our lives has tremendous power over the way we feel every day. Other people, researchers have found that 50% of happiness is determined by your set point, 10% by your circumstances, other 40 on your own intentional efforts to become happy. Certain types of mental training, such as mindfulness or positive thinking, can affect our perceptions of the world and make us feel um, calmer, more resistant, resilient, and happier. Other researchers have identified that many helpful attitudes, such as, look at what's listed, forgiveness, there that is again, gratitude, and kindness. We need to staple that in front of the church because you know what? I don't see a lot of gratitude and kindness out there in the world. I think it's a lost art, at least for non-Christians, that can be cultivated with practice. If you're aware of your thoughts and emotions, you can choose to change them. You notice how in the Bible Jesus went off and prayed a lot? I think he was... He was doing a self-examination to make sure he was absolutely doing the will of the Father. I, I really believe that. So, hopefully, we got through part one. Hopefully, you, you'll at least agree with me that thoughts are important to our well-being. So, let's take a look. This is just starting from Genesis and in the brief time that's left, I'm just going to run through some of these. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Main thing is as I go through these, look how many times the word thoughts come. First Chronicles, and thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind, note this, note this, for the Lord searches all hearts and understandeth all the imagination, imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if you forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. You're not hiding anything from God. You're not. You may hide it from me and the other church people and the people... But God sees those thoughts. He sees the heart. He sees the thoughts. That's why you've got to make sure you stay away from the, the world and the negative influence of the world because the world's going to give you negative thoughts that are contrary to the Christian, Christian principles. You've got to guard against the negativity entering your thoughts. First Chronicles 29.18 O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of, our, of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people and prepare thy heart unto thee. What goes on up here matters. 
And God sees it and he's looking there. And thoughts from the visions of the night when deep sleep falleth on men. She, we can't go to sleep and have to worry about it, can we? Even the night, we think stuff in night, have dreams, dadgummit. He's even seeing that. That's how inclusive God is about what you're thinking at all times of the day and night. Behold, I know your thoughts and the devices which you wrongfully imagine against me. Anyone think that applies today? That really applies today. These people that are behind the scenes, they think they're getting away with something. They're not. He knows their thoughts. And he knows that they're against him. They're not fooling him. They may fool us, but they ain't fooling him. Psalm 10, 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Yeah, that's why, that's why they're doing what they're doing. Because their thoughts aren't toward the Bible. They're not toward reading and understanding. And they're not, they're thinking about their own thoughts. It's like, here are my thoughts. But God, God thoughts are way over here and never the twain shall meet. Psalm 33, 11. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. You think God thinks about us and is interested? Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are toward us. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. This verse is telling us God thinks about us. He's interested in us. He wants to be rewarding us. He wants to have, to have good thoughts toward us. But he can't do that if we're out there sinning every day. If you do that, then this verse means nothing because you're not you're not going to... Be the right thoughts. I'm going to skip. I'll come back to those. I'm going to end it with this. I'll drop next part two. I'll get back to those others. This is one of my card verses. This is one of the verses I have on my index cards I try to read every day. And this is what I want. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's, that verse is a guidepost for me. I want God, when I'm in prayer, I want Him to search me. I want Him to look and say, Danny, you did this good. Or if it's appropriate, Danny, you didn't do this right. I need to bring it to your attention. Because I want, and as Christians, we want to serve God. We want to be obedient. And part of that process is when we stumble and fall, he corrects us. And we don't say, what? I didn't do this. Or, or. So, brothers and sisters, we'll end, with, uh, we'll end with that. Remember this verse in your daily life. Um, we'll be taking about 
uh, 10, 15 minute break. And we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Spirit of Prophecy Church. So glad to have you joining us online and also that they're here at our church this morning. Uh, we have our next, the next month starts next week. So we want to give all the announcements out today. Uh, Christmas is going to be Monday this year. It's Monday, December 25th. But this is going to be your December 2023 uh, schedule. There's the next week is the women's Christmas party. So if you haven't signed up for that, we want you to sign up and make sure that you come. Uh, ladies, just bring a wrapped vase. It can be something, that, a vase you don't want anymore, or maybe you want to buy one. That's okay. But it's, you're going to be giving it away. You're going to wrap it really pretty so that somebody will pick it. Also, bring a cake to give away. You can make, you can make it or you can buy it. I will be buying it, but it'll be good. Uh, also, the, all the little girls are invited also. Make sure they also bring a vase or something to, to have as a gift exchange. And I'll be providing lunch. Yay. Now, will I be making it? No, but I will be providing it. Uh, then there's the men's gathering. is the following Saturday on December the 9th. Uh, it'll be at our house also from 5 to 9. And I put here, I put dinner here provided by Olive Garden, although Stan is next that idea. He wants to have barbecue for you men. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's more. Yeah. And uh, you can bring your son's five up, five and up. Let me hold this as we turn it over. There's so many announcements anymore. I have to put it front and back. And let's see. Oh, you want to talk about the Saturday, December 16th? So uh, Christmas Sunday is always a special Sunday in this church. So we're going to be having it on uh, Sunday, December 24th. But we would like for all you parents who have little kids, what ages is it like? Uh, mm, all of them. Yeah. If they can walk. Yeah, if they can walk, they can do a little... Um, we can do a little Christmas skit for, and you can come on December 16th, which is a Saturday for practice. And that's going to be a, around 10 o'clock to noon. All right. And on Saturday, December the 24th, that will be our Christmas program. Everyone come. This, that is Christmas Eve, but we only have one service that day at 1030. So please try to arrive by 10. Uh, also emails, uh, email Kate if you have prayer requests. Uh, the intercessory prayer is we aren't having it. We didn't have it in November. We're not having it in December. We'll start back up in January, right? Mm-hmm. So that's it. Okay, now, let me hand these to Jonathan. He can hand these out. All my helpers are gone today. Okay. And you can go ahead and hand out the women's and the men's here. This is the men. One thing that we did forget to say is on, we always have our chili contest in January. So January the 28th is our world famous chili contest. So you might just win. So make sure you sign up for that. Uh, Enie is not allowed to sign up because she always wins. Okay. I'm kidding, Enie. I'm kidding. She, she makes really good chili. And then this is the fellowship food to bring. And I think we got that. Lots of handouts, like I told you. This is our schedule for December and January. She'll hand those out. 
Now, what I'd like to say is to come and celebrate with us for any 60th birthday party that is going to be on Sunday, December the 17th, right here at the church from 5 to 9 p.m. That's Sunday, December 17th here at the church, and I believe that there is going to be food, so make sure that you come for that. Dinner will be provided. He's turning 60. Can you believe it or not? I know it. So that'll be on December the 17th. All right, now, Lou, I do believe it's time for offering. Hand me the microphone. Hand me the mic. Okay, how many of you know that you can't outgive God? So over there in Malachi 3.10, it says, bring all your tithes to the storehouse. Where in the Bible and in life, God tests us a lot. Well, in this case, God gives us opportunity to test him. In Malachi 3.10, it says, prove me now herewith. And he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you that will be more than enough. We, uh, we look around and we see not only are we the best and the, be- the blessed, the most blessed nation, but we also look around even here in America, our neighbors, and we see that you have blessed us so much. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And it is our privilege and our honor to give it to you. And Lord, we know that while you give it back, we aren't expecting anything. We thank you for all of the blessings that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I found in my life that you can't outgive God. Whatever you put in, it always comes back more. You know, we, we have the God that gives above and over what we deserve. You know, he gives us brains and he gives us brawn to go get the money, and it, it belongs to him anyway. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm not taking up an offering, but I want to talk about uh, the Honduras children that we support monthly. 
this is November. We have that. Uh, we do not have it in December. It's $95. And so instead of every week taking up the SOP offering, and then we're going to start mission offering in January, and then the kids offering instead of doing three offerings, I want to ask for five volunteers that will support a $20 monthly fee for one year in 2024, and you online can do that too. You just need to email Prophecy Club and let us know. Turn me up a little bit. And so five people, 20 bucks a month starting in January, and I do believe we need December too. So next week you can pitch into that or you can write Children's Fund. It's $100 a month, so $20 a head. So is there anybody in here that can make that commitment today? Raise your hand so I will know. I see two hands, three hands. Okay, we got 60%. Thank you, Jesus. So online, two more people, $20 every month for one year, and that will feed those kids. There's four. I need one more. Right now, I think it's maybe around 13, but yeah, it's it's expanding. So um, we don't have it rolling now, but uh, this is what, when we went to uh, Honduras. Um, actually, Pastor Tony got to speak into Pastor Jorge's church, and I don't know, did you speak at Jorge's church? I did not. Okay, uh, Pastor Jorge's church, and he is the the, the pastors there are amazing anyway, but. Uh, he has a heart for the children, there and you go, slideshow. And he is um, feeding them, I guess, every week. And so he just needs the help to feed these children to get them in to know the Word of God. And so, you know, when we're we were so into that kind of ministry, we're reaping the harvest too. We're reaping the benefits of it also. So I just encourage you to do so. And even if it's over a hundred, because I know it's growing. It used to be 80 a month. Now it's up to 100 a month. And you might say that, that sounds like a lot. Well, it's not really. When I mean, it's <laughs> for Americans. Their food prices not, are similar to American they are. food prices. They so. really are. Uh, so I just encourage you to to feed there the feed See the him. children. They're precious, and they even gave us a when Pastor Tony spoke. They gave us a plaque, and he, they went and sang to him and. So they really are very, very, very thankful for what we've done, and I think he does bust them down too from the mountains, doesn't he? Like brings them in front of us. I think that he does. That. I think they bust them down also. So it's a, it's a good thing to do if you okay. if your heart is touched and yes. then, then sow into the children. So Sharonda, write this down. Uh, Leslie's one. Jonathan's two. Um, John is three. Kenji is four, and we need one more person. And we'll have it for 2024. Thank you, Jesus. And now it's time for praise and worship. Praise and worship. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Get ready to do some praise and worship here. Oh my goodness, we forgot something. Prayer requests. Yes. Yes, I have Breda. Tony's wife, Breda, is still recovering and uh, hard time breathing. Uh, her throat swells and uh, 
oxygen and whatnot. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you to touch Brady with the Holy Spirit. Satan, I rebuke you. I command you to get your filthy hands off of her. We declare that she will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. We decree healing in her body right now in Jesus' name. Marty Cochran has a headache and coughing, and so she's not here today. So I already prayed for it today, but one more time, we ask the Holy Ghost to touch her, heal her. Ask her for you, Lord, to strengthen her immune system and let her kick the devil and put him under her feet, according to Luke 10:19. We have authority to trample upon him. And Marty's sister is getting surgery today for something in her jaw, and they're doing bone graft. And so, Lord, I ask you to touch her and bring her under your wing, as it says uh, in Psalm 23. I believe it is you cover us with your feathers under your wings. Yeah, so Lord, touch Marty's sister. I don't know her name, but touch her, heal her in Jesus' name. Uh, Elaine. Elaine. Andy Lane. Bill's, Bill's, Bill's wife. wife, yes, Bill's ex-wife uh, is, I think she had surgery. Yeah, she had a tracheotomy. So Lord, touch her throat. We decree healing for her. And anyone else that's not here that's sick or online, I rebuke the enemy and I command and demand healing to touch you according to the word of the Lord in Isaiah 53, 5. I say to you, be healed in Jesus' name. And I also say, peace be still. Hallelujah. And I loose off fear and confusion in Jesus' name. In Jesus Amen. Name. Amen. Amen. Now Hallelujah. it's time for <laughs> praise and worship. Praise and worship. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's, let's pray. We'll get yeah, this, this no, worship going. Father, we thank you so much for all that you say and do. You are great and greatly yes. to be praised. Yes, so, Father, as we break through today, as we come together as one, yes. may this not just be a sweet fragrance upon you at your throne, but may this really elevate you as who you are. Yes, God. In our hearts and the purity within us yes, God. through our thoughts, deeds, and actions. And may these actions and these yes, words Lord. that we speak yes, today yes, be true and honoring and glorify you and you alone. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together.
are your works. Great are you, Lord, in all the earth. Great is your power. Great is your strength. Great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Your greatness, your famous name, exalted in all the Glory, glory, hallelujah, glory to the God of Israel, glory, glory, hallelujah, all the earth will sing as your great God. All right, where's my praise shield this morning? Everybody walk to the back and get a praise shield. Let's praise and worship the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Where's those praise shoes at? Come on, everybody. Let's do it together. Hallelujah. The whole world knows we won't stop till the whole world knows. We won't stop till the whole world knows that you're a great God. Great God. Whoa, whoa. We won't stop till the whole world knows. We won't stop till the whole world knows.
dominion, authority, you reign. Come on, do this. Follow me now. Follow me. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Oh my God, reign. Oh my God, reign. Oh Lord, you reign above every name. Hallelujah, my God reigns. Oh my God reigns. Oh Lord, you reign above every name. Do it again with power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Hallelujah. Oh, my God reigns. Oh, my God reigns. Oh, Lord, you reign above every name. Hallelujah. My God reigns. Oh, my God reigns. Oh, Lord, you reign above every name. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. He reigns. Tell him. with all your heart. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. You reign, Father, nobody else. Hallelujah. My God reigns. Oh, my God reigns. Oh, Lord, you reign above every name. Oh my God reigns. Oh my God reigns. Oh Lord, you reign above every name. Let's do it again. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. You reign above all, Father. Hallelujah. With power and majesty, dominion, authority, you reign. Hallelujah. Oh my God, reigns. Oh my God, reigns. Oh Lord, you reign above every name. Hallelujah, my God, reigns. Oh my God, reigns. Oh Lord, you reign above every name. Here we go. Over my circumstance, give me another chance. You reign. Over my circumstance, you've given me another chance to reign. Hallelujah. Over my circumstance, you've given me another chance to reign. You are the most high God. Hallelujah. Over my circumstance, you've me another chance. Most high, living God of all. Hallelujah. You reign. Oh, you reign. You reign. Hallelujah. For you reign. Oh, 
down. Let's all bow this morning. Come on. And every chain will break and broken hearts declare his praise. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Let's roar, make way for the King of Kings. It's time to roar, come on. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. Fighting our battles, every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Oh, who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? the Lord Almighty, who can stop the Lord Almighty, who can stop the Lord Almighty, or who can stop the Lord, our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah, he's roaring with power, fighting Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. The sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, we praise your holy name. 
Hallelujah. We're changing the next song. We just got to get this anointing coming in for whatever reason. Maybe you just need to spread out. Maybe some of you just need to, as I'm teaching in my level classes, level one and level two, just go to the wall, just between you and the Lord. Just you and the Lord, just worship him this morning. Bow down before him. Get this anointing to come in. Forever, for whatever reason, there's just a blockage, and we got to break through that blockage, right? we got to break it through it. Sing the song of ages to the Lamb. What is his name? Highest. His name is the greatest. Come on, let him know. Your name stands above the ball. Come on, break out. All thrones and dominions, all powers and divisions, your name. Stands above them all, and the angels cry, Your holy population to the Lamb. Holy, you are lifted high. Holy, holy Holy, holy, holy. 
want to speak to us for a moment. You know, there's so much going on in Israel. And there are supposedly Christians that are like emailing Stan against him for speaking out to pray for, for Israel. I, it, I, I just don't understand. You cannot call yourself a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews, by the way. You cannot speak against Israel and call yourself a Christian. There's too many out there that are not praying for Israel. There's too many of us that call ourselves believers that are not crying out to God to have mercy on them. We know they win, but we know they also don't need to go through all this turmoil. We know there's this attack of the enemy. You know, there's a belief out there, and I'm going to bring a teaching on it. I just was spoken to, and I have done it before, but I'm bringing it again, about the kingdom now theology. They are not, these people that believe that, oh, they think everything's just going to be okay, so we don't have to really pray. Well, I'm telling you, get on your face. Get on your knees and start crying out to God and praying for these Jewish people. Their Father God is the same Father God as us Christians. It's not Allah. Allah is a false god. God is the god of Hamas, the evil god. But our god, Jehovah, is also their father. And if we as Christians, supposedly of this nation, cannot cry out for Israel, then God will punish us. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be on that stick that's getting the rod hitting on me. I'm going to cry out for the Lord to, to save Israel right now, to give them the ammunition, to give them 
all the wisdom, everything that they need. And we cancel the plans of the enemy right now. Cancel them in Jesus' name. We say in the name of Jesus, you free those that need to be freed right now in Jesus' name. You open up those doors and make them free in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Lou is going to be bringing the message this morning. I think I need to turn my mic up. Lou is going to be bringing the message this morning, but since we're talking about, you can be seated. Since we're talking about Israel this morning, I thought I'd take a couple of minutes and just say what is happening in Israel. Uh, I know I heard it on the news that it actually happened October the 6th. And I have put that out to several people but I have yet been able to find one official media source that says it actually happened on October 6th. But I, I know I heard it. Now, why is that important? Lou, you coming up, right? Okay. Because October the 6th was a high holy day. It's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. You see, when God is going to do something, he says he always does it on his feast days. So the difference between October 6th and October 7th is this. If it truly happened on October 6th, as I recall, then that would mean it's the hand of God. If it's October 7th, then maybe not. Now, what is really going on? I think prophetically that this is the hand of God, that this is actually the start of God returning the land to Israel. (coughs) Leslie was told... That Omer ushers in Palestinian state would be a newspaper headline. We believe that that is the 49 days or the counting of the Omer between Pentecost. You got your pointer here. Let me see your pointer. Between Pentecost here and trumpets here. So During those days next year, that is April 25th through June 13th. So if Biden forces Israel to give the Palestinians a state, and I believe that's exactly what's about to happen, I think that Israel is going to be given a state. But I have 12 different prophecies that say that if America splits Israel, God is going to split America from the Great Lakes all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico. And it's going to kill millions of Americas, of Americans. And then Chris Reed had an angel visit him, a long story which I won't get into. And essentially he was told that if America splits Israel, like the other people, God is going to split America also. And... I think that this is the start of Israel returning their land. Leslie was told in a prophecy back in 2002, April 15, 2002, that uh, I'm having a hard time gathering my thoughts. Maybe I'm not supposed to talk about this. If it doesn't come any better than this, then I'll just turn it over to Luke. Anyway, that Israel and America would go against most of the rest of Islam. So apparently what is actually going to happen here 
is that at the conclusion of this big war that's going on in Israel, Israel will get back all of their land. That's from the Nile all the way over to the Euphrates. That includes about a third of Egypt, possibly all of Saudi Arabia, a large portion of Turkey, and about half of Iraq. And Israel is going to be raised up to be the wealthiest, strongest, richest, most powerful nation on the earth. And I believe it's Genesis 12, 13 says that I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. He told Abraham, Moses, and Joshua, three people, that every place the sole of their feet stepped, God was going to give them that land. And of course, Ron Wyatt discovered that during the 40 years when the Israelites wandered all through the wilderness was actually Saudi Arabia. So that's actually all belonging to Israel. So at the conclusion of this, what I think is about to happen, we're about to see a Palestinian state given. Leslie was told then that will give the uh, Israelis time to build up their military. Massive amounts of oil will be found in Israel, and that oil will be used to build up their military. Then Israel and America will go against most of the rest of Islam, and Israel will emerge the great victory, get back all of their land. And there's no prophecy that says what becomes of America out of that, but I don't think it's too good. So anyway, yes, I will bless them that bless you, and I will curse them that curse you, God said. Now notice it did not say, I will bless you when you bless Israel, and they're correct. It simply says, I'll bless you when you bless Israel. That means even when they're wrong? Yes, even when they're wrong. Now, is Israel totally without sin in all of this? I don't know. All I know is I'm going to stand behind Israel. Whatever they do, I'm going to stand behind Israel. Because they are God's chosen people, so says the Bible, when he spoke to Abraham. Confirmed it through Moses and Joshua and many of the prophets. So I'm going to stand behind Israel. And I think those people that are not standing behind Israel is causing a great problem. So, yes, Lord, we ask for your anointing on Lou. ask you to fill his mouth and his heart with your words, your anointing. Bring your anointing into the room. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Apostle Stan. I stand with Israel, too. Amen. Be it known, O Nebuchadnezzar King, I will not bow down to your God. I stand with Israel. Amen. Oh, I love Spirit of Prophecy Church. You know, there's no other church out there that's like this church. Amen? And we have a small congregation because we talk about sin and prophecy and demons and end times and a lot of scary stuff and uh, about how the other churches are, you know, teaching false doctrine and lying signs and wonders and all kinds of evil things. But we don't have that here. And most people really... Leslie says, I thought they all wanted to hear the truth. Well, they don't, and we know that. So I thank the people that are here today that do want to hear truth. How many people know that God is speaking to us, you know, really he's talking all the time, if we know what we're looking at, right? Just like the enemy, and uh, FYI, church starts at 930 on Sundays, and Danny had an awesome message today about thoughts, and the enemy will try to plant a thought in your head and get you to act on it and trip you up. And Suni and I were talking about that on the way in, 
But uh, you missed uh, the 9.30 service. You missed a really awesome uh, teaching. But uh, Apostle Stan's driving down the highway about three weeks ago. Asked the Lord for a sign, and didn't you see a billboard that spoke to you? You're going to make a call, phone call, and you go, Lord, if that's really you, give me a sign. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, keep talking about Mm-hmm. No, I'm just asking. I'm just yeah, yeah. making a point. God speaks. and So, you know, if you're ever wondering if I'm weird, uh, Sunni says there's nobody like you. Thank God they broke the mold after they made me. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a little different. So the Lord is speaking to me this morning in the, the men's restroom. This is not my message. We'll, we'll get into that. And it's, I might add it's an awesome message. But I wanted, I was facing the throne and you know some of you when you're in the restroom you read or whatever you do I look around and I just happened to cast my eyes upon this Lysol when I saw the the 100 and I thought I wonder if that says it kills 100 percent well it doesn't it says kills over uh, kills over 100 illness causing germs well that was interesting to me and I see underneath of that including the, it starts with a C and ends with 19. So for all those, I mean, I was astounded. For all those people that are scientists trying to discover this cure and the doctors and the healthcare people, bless you all that did that, uh, all you need is a can of Lysol. It kills that, you know, the pandemic, you can beat it. I did not know that. So SUNY, we got to get some Lysol because this can defeat the enemy. And it also says eliminates odors. I was in another bathroom in McKinney at a dentist's office looking around, doing something. And it said, if your duties be cray, don't forget to spray. And so it says kills odors. So you got to get this, guys. This, this, we can defeat the enemy with Lysol. Yeah, that's me. That's the word of Lou. Yeah, not, uh, somebody said, that's the word of God. Well, you know, God does speak to us different ways. So this is not my topic. It's just a, an awesome slide. It says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, what we want to do is when we get our buttons pushed, we want to hit back, right? But we have to hit them back with love. And, and uh, Suni, have I mastered that yet? She's pretty quiet now. That's not the way she is in the car. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it like the rest of you. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> let's look at this old-time. It's probably uh, a Catholic picture, but let's look at this old-time picture here. We know who this is because there's a key. In fact, there's two keys. That would be the key of hell and death. So we know that's Jesus, right? That's our Lord, Jesus Christ, with the keys. And here we have a lampstand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven candlesticks. Okay, so, yeah, burning before the throne. So there you see he's setting. It's a picture of the throne. Here's a church, a church, a church, and so on. There's supposed to be seven. So for some reason, I couldn't get the top of the picture to come onto the screen, but I'm assuming those are the seven churches that they're talking about in Revelation. 
And so the topic today is the seven spirits of God. Uh, I, let me just back up and throw some Lewisms out here at you. You know, the smartest people in the world say we only use 10% of our brain. I wish that was true. You know, we're not as smart as we think we are. See, Mrs. Young is actually getting through to me. <laughs> now, how much of God's word do you think we actually operate in or can grasp or understand? You know, you read the Bible and you go, what does that mean? I don't get it. Even with the Holy Spirit, you know, giving you revelation, then you can get it. But that doesn't happen all the time. So I'll just tell you right now, I don't understand all these things. But uh, this is the best that I can come with today to give you insight on the seven spirits of the Lord. And then I found in the scripture sevenfold. And at this church, we talk about sevenfold miracles. And the sevenfold word in the scripture, there's only four, five, six, not very many places, but they talk about this. So sevenfold miracles sound really good, right? That sounds like I'd like to see that. As they say, uh, be careful what you ask for. You might just get it. So I'll ask you guys a question. Will this come as a blessing? Or will this come as judgment? Somebody said both. Yeah, both. All right. And the reason is is because the Bible is a two-edged sword. It cuts both directions. And it can even cut us, even though we're a believer and we're connected to our Lord, the King. Uh, you know, if we step off the line, we can still get a whacking, right? And if you're married, you can get two. <laughs> It's a good thing. I love you, Sunni. Okay, so let's, before we get into this seven spirits of the Lord, let's look at this sevenfold teaching to kind of, you'll see where I'm going. I hope. Genesis 4, 20, uh, 24. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech uh, 70, and sevenfold. No, I do not get why uh, they got Lamech in there because Cain is the one that slew Abel. But um, avenged is a bad word. It means I'm going to get you. And that doesn't mean we're going to get anybody. As Danny was teaching this morning, we, even though we've been done wrong and hurt, we have to forgive. To survive, we have to forgive. Say again, Suni. Yeah, this is a bloodline thing. This is going right down the bloodline from Adam and Eve to Cain uh, um, on down to Lamech. It's, it's what we call a familiar spirit. It's a bloodline. Uh, it could be a blessing or a curse. Here we have uh, sevenfold one more time in Proverbs 6.31. But if he be found, that means the enemy shall be found out. He shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. Now, if we're a believer and the enemy has stolen something from us and he's stolen something from all of us, once he's found out, he has to, according to the scriptures, pay us back seven times. Amen? And I quote this a lot of times when I'm doing ministry because many of the people we deal with are beat up and wounded and hurt and they have a lot of baggage, and the enemy has taken and taken and taken, and I just speak to the enemy and say, I command you this day to pay back sevenfold. Mm -hmm. 
in faith. And uh, it begins. That's where it begins. But first you have to know you've been robbed. Amen? Here we have Psalm 79.12. And render, or give, unto our neighbors sevenfold into their bosom their reproach, wherewith they have reproached thee, O Lord. And let's finish the scripture. Oh, we did finish it. Okay. Also, the scripture says, love your neighbors yourself. I'm going to do a teaching on this in the future, but uh, many people will, oh, I, I love the, my neighbor, but they don't love themselves. It kind of fits in with your message today, Danny. You know, if we don't love ourselves, look, if you're a bank and you got love in your heart, then you can give that to somebody. But if you don't have love in your heart, you can't give somebody what you don't have. So a lot of Christians love their neighbors, but they don't love themselves, so they can't help their neighbor because they have no love. So rendering um, unto your neighbors sevenfold into the bosom their reproach. The reproach is their sin or their backward ways where they have reproached the Lord. Now, if you're reproaching the Lord, he's going to spank you. He, if you're a new Christian, he may give you grace. But sooner or later, you know, even the scripture says, I chasten those I love. He's, he's going to, you know, tap on your shoulder and the Holy Spirit will say, hey, it's, you know, you need to stop doing that. And eventually, if you don't, he'll whack you. And, and, and if you get a few whackings and you don't, then he'll just give you over to a reprobate mind. He'll just let you have your way and you can go to hell. If you want to, uh, he's not sending you hell. You make that choice by your thoughts. And here we have uh, one more time, I believe. I think we got two more scriptures. Anyway, Genesis four fifteen, and the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. No, who's going to take vengeance? Us or God? God. It says, Give space. Vengeance is mine. You know, like you're watching the cowboy movies and they bring up the bad guy and he goes, don't hurt him, he's mine. Well, that's what the Lord is saying. He's going to get you. The Lord's a big cowboy in town, if you haven't noticed. He's the big dude on Dodge Street. And he goes, vengeance is mine. And it shall be taken on him sevenfold. That's not good. You don't want to be on the other side of the fence with a sevenfold punishment coming your way. You know, that's like uh, seven freight trains coming down on your head. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain. See, this we talk about the mark of the beast here, but this mark was to protect Cain. And the Lord put a mark on him. He marked him. And I hope that all of you sitting in this room are also marked by God. I know I am. Because when I'm doing deliverance, sometimes these demons will come and they go, I know who you are. And I just say, shut your mouth and come out. So he got him, he marked him. I think this is the last one, Isaiah thirty twenty six, And um, as we've been taught, this is the day of the Lord. But check out this scripture. It says, moreover, the light of the moon should be as the light of the sun. Now, most people can't. I can sleep during the day, no problem. Light doesn't keep me from sleeping. But some people have to wear blindfolds so they can sleep. I don't have that problem. Thank you, Jesus. But the nighttime is going to be like the noonday sun. And then the light of the sun shall be sevenfold. You know, microwave the earth everything's going to die this is at the end of the end seven times and as the light of seven days in the day that day the day that the lord binds up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound now 
I know what the average Christian has been taught. Jesus is love. This is true. And we come to church so we can be blessed. And, you know, I'm on a cloud playing my violin and everything's good all the time, right? Well, I hope that's for you because that's not my world. Not at all. I'm on the battlefield, ducking arrows and fighting back, using my sword to slay the enemy. But the Lord is doing this. The Lord says... See, we've been taught here that we can't bind demons. I agree, we can't bind. But the Lord says he binds the breach of his people. That's the wrong that they've been doing, the sin that they've been walking in, the reproach of the believers, because we know that judgment begins at the house of the Lord, right? It's going to start here, not out there, right here. So if you're in sin, stop it. It won't be good for you. So the Lord binds up the breach of his people and heals their wound. How do you give somebody a kick in the rear end and make them be healed? Well, if you're God, you know, all things are possible. And so he'll kick your behind and you'll be healed. Yeah. Apostle Stan says, forgive him. Well, this is the end, but, you know, just let's speak of America. Uh, the Lord judges a nation while it is a nation. So America will be judged while we are um, a nation. And the Lord is going to judge us while we're believers. You know, he's not, I mean, yes, there's, after we die, we go before the throne and there's judgment. But he also judges us daily while we walk, okay? All right, that was your bonus there, the sevenfold. You know, it's a two-edged sword. It works both ways. Now let's look at the seven spirits of the Lord. Revelation 4, 5. And out of the throne proceeds lightnings and thunderings. So let's stop there. See, all you people that want to go into your prayer closet and have nice and quiet, will enjoy it because in heaven it's going to be noisy. I like it. Like, crank up the volume. Lightnings and thunderings. Lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So this scripture tells us what these spirits are. It's a lampstand, but they're also spirits. You see that big spirit there? That's like the Holy Spirit. You know, we have a human spirit, but that's a little s. That's our spirit. So when we die, our spirit will rejoin the Father, if we've been a good boy. But this is like the Holy Spirit, the spirits of God. So there are a lot of good spirits, see? Not all demons and bad angels. We have a lot more with us than with them, amen? we got the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. There's three spirits. we got the seven spirits of the Lord. we got the Holy Spirit. And there's probably more that we may not even be told in the Scriptures. I'm not saying there are, but... Here's a picture of the lampstands. It's not a biblical picture. I put this up here just to show you the difference of what I believe is biblical and non-biblical. And uh, wisdom is a spirit and understanding is a spirit. But the rest of these, according to King James, is not biblical, uh, although they're good spirits. Here is the true uh, lampstand of the Lord. And we know that because Moses... uh, got the instructions, the blueprint from the Lord on Mount Sinai um, to build the menorah or the lampstand. And does anyone know, I don't really follow after a lot of Jewish teachings, but I stumbled upon it once in a while. Each one of these has a name. Do you know what this center post is called? Anybody? 
Oh, Mrs. Young, I think she looked at my PowerPoint. That center one is called the Spirit of the Lord, one of the biblical spirits. Now, what is the mind of Christ? Mm, that was an awesome question with no answers. Let's move on. What are the seven spirits of the Lord? Okay, moving on. Here we go, children. Isaiah 11.2 tells us what they are. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. That's Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So, seven. The spirit of the Lord is one. Wisdom, two. Understanding, three. Counsel, four. Might, or some would say power. Might is five. Knowledge is six. And the fear of the Lord is seven. There's your seven spirits. These are before the throne of God in the third heaven. Okay, here's your first test question. Where is the first place we see the Spirit of the Lord? I heard Mrs. Young say in Genesis in the beginning. You know, a lot of people can't get past the first scripture in the Bible that says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth so they throw the whole thing away because they can't get that because we know it happened just because you know a snowman there's two snowmen here and one says to the other one you were made just by the snowflakes came down and look how it got you created right that's how it works you know random act of choice okay Genesis 1 2 and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. See, we all like, oh, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, move. You know, we're on cloud, floating, playing our violin. Let the Spirit move. You know, we're calling all that wonderful blessings down. Well, the Spirit of the God created the world right there. He moved. That's the first place. So you see God's Spirit moving right out of page one in your book. Okay, here's another breakdown. The seven spirits of the Lord represented by the menorah or the biblical candle. Uh, these aren't actually candles. It's oil, virgin pressed olive oil that were to burn 24-7. 365 inside the tabernacle never to be gone out which also says I am the light of the world that's Jesus he is our light of the world amen there's another picture okay well this is interesting is the Lord speaking to us in the natural well we just saw a can of Lysol speak to me today he Apostle Stan saw a billboard the other day and you know, I look, I look around and see things in the natural, and I see God in the natural. The things that I can see and feel and touch, I also see him in the spirit, but it's easy for me to see. You know, you plant a garden in the spring, you put the seed in the ground, and uh, we got garlic about this tall we just planted a month ago, and here it comes up. Well, I see God in that, you know, you know and, and you even see in the Bible garlic. You know, they wanted to go back to Egypt because they didn't have the garlic, but they wanted to go back. Well, the Koreans and us, we eat garlic like candy. And uh, soon he made some for coals. She calls it medicine. 
I go, I'll eat some of that. She goes, nope, that's for medicine. So she cut me off. I can't even have garlic. Yeah, she put some sugar in it. Oh, honey. She put honey. Good job, honey. <laughs> How many notes? Okay, we're, we're asking about is God speaking in the natural. How many notes in a music scale? Boy, I tell you, no musicians in here. Seven. Well, you should have known that. Okay, Apostle Stan goes, let's sing. (laughs) Oh, well, you didn't hear it from me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's your scale. Seven notes. Isn't it funny how many times you see seven in the scriptures and then seven in the natural? Oh, it's a coincidence. How many colors in the rainbow? Oh, they all know seven. This here, if it was a clear crystal prism or even a plastic three-sided triangle prism, you can take white light and shine through there and it fractures it and it breaks down your colors. And these are your colors, seven of them. You know, God set this up. This is in the natural. How does the Spirit of the Lord work in us? Thank you for asking. Okay, this is super simple. Uh, We're a three-part being. We have a spirit, soul, and body. This is how we communicate with the Lord. Danny talked about it this morning about the heart. The Lord searches the heart. And then he gave a scripture in Psalms about, Search me, O Lord, in my heart, if there be any wicked thing in me. You know? So here's the thoughts. You see that, Danny? Thoughts, intents, and heart. That's what the Lord is looking at. He doesn't look at the out. He does not judge by the outward appearance. He looks at the inward appearance. Amen. And this is where the Spirit is talking. You know, our heart. When we actually have a beating uh, heart filled with blood that's keeping us alive, but we're talking about the Spirit part. You have a heart, which is I'm going to say made out of Spirit, and then you have the soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. That's where the enemy plants the thoughts to get you off the spiritual walk and then you have the body but these spirits are operating inside of us spirit to spirit right for what purpose was the operation of the sevenfold spirits of the Lord given I want you to put this in your head the operation okay we're supposed to have an operation and operating um, a modus operandi we have a reason this is this is a blueprint this is the way that I'm going to operate and when you screw that up, Sunni will straighten you out. <laughs> so, we can gain the mind of Christ according to 11, Isaiah 11.2. What are the three characteristics of the spirit? Now, that's good and bad, but spirits have a name, a function, and a personality because they are a person. The Father is a person. He's a spirit, but he's a person. He has a name. You know, sometimes we call him Jehovah. Sometimes we call him yod heh uh, Jesus has a name. He has a function. He's our Savior. He's our healer. He's our deliverer. But he's also our Lord. That's the part we don't like to get. We want, help me. I need, 
you know, save me or heal me or I need delivered, but we don't want to, I submit, Lord, you know, take over, take over. So he's Lord. These are persons. So I submit to you, the seven spirits before the Lord, those are people, persons. They have a personality and that means they have a characteristic. So wisdom, the spirit of wisdom is going to have, you know, supernatural intelligence, the spirit of understanding is going to have supernatural ability to understand. Like when one of the gifts of the spirit, or a couple of them are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, like what the problem is, how to fix it, which when you're ministering, you can get that stuff downloaded from time to time to, you know, hey, the Lord just spoke and says, or I feel like, you know, the Lord is saying this, and many times Sunni will do that, and the people will just crumble. How did you know that? Well, God knows, and he told us, and now we're telling you. And so put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, a person has feelings, right? How many got your feelings hurt? How many have to pat yourself on the back because nobody else will? Danny talked about that. We are in charge of our own life, right? So if you don't pat yourself on the back, you might not get no blessings. So Danny was asking, do you ever talk to yourself? Yes, I am great. Because nobody else says that. <laughs> Take it. Buy a clue. <laughs> okay, a spirit also has feelings. How do we know that? Because in the Bible it says you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can hurt his feelings. And the Lord says, um, "He's I am a jealous God. That's an emotion. These spirits have emotions, and you know, if if you like to cast out demons like moi, and you talk to these spirits, they go, "I hate you." Well, I hate you too. So shut up and come out. Yeah, they have they have emotions. You know, don't make me leave. I have a right to be here. Shut up. Yeah, I, I talk real nice to them. If, <laughs> It's fun to preach God's word. Ephesians 4.30, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. See, that is an emotion. We can grieve the Spirit. Well, we can grieve, you know, I'm just telling you, they have feelings. They have feelings because they're a person. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Okay, so the, what was that word we were supposed to, operation. You have an operation, you have a function. Spirits have a function. And when we were new in deliverance, we used to go, what is your name and function? They go, my name is death. I'm going to kill him. So they have a function. Well, so does the seven spirits of the Lord and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father. Here we go. See, we have, there's. you think there's something functioning here? You like my, see how good of job Leslie did teaching me PowerPoint? Thank you. Yeah, they're functioning. Now, Satan, what he likes to do is take a great big old wrench and throw it in the gearbox. Throws a monkey wrench in the gearbox and trips us up, right? Well, here, here we got a fine oiled clock, so to speak, functioning. Don't let the enemy throw a, gear, a monkey wrench in your gearbox. Okay, why did I put this up here? It says Luke 11.20. But if I with, oh, I don't, the key word there, with, who would have guessed? See, we have an operation, we have a function, but we have to partner with God. It says, if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. I'm hot up here. Um, 
So in the very beginning, when we started to do deliverance ministry, Suni goes, because we'd never cast out a demon before. She goes, I go, we're going to cast out demons. She goes, what if they don't go? I go, what if they don't? It's not me. I already knew from day one it wasn't me. And uh, so you have to partner with God. He is the deliverer. He is the healer. He is everything you need. It's not us doing it. We are a vessel to be used by the Lord. You know, we can be used for prophecy, healing, deliverance teaching, preaching, whatever, but you have to partner with God, and God has a finger, and he likes to point it at the enemy and say, come out and be healed. So you partner with God. What happens when you don't operate with the spirits of the Lord? Well, here's average, I'll just say, you know, forgive me, I'm not picking on anybody here online, but I just state it like I see it. I I see a lot of defeated Christians. Defeated, broke, they can't pay their bills, can't keep a job, divorced, depressed, oppressed, angry. Anybody meet an angry Christian? I meet them. And they have sins they cannot overcome. Now, I'm praying that's none of us. But we got to operate with God if we want to walk in his blessings. I heard one amen. I said, we got to operate with the Lord if we want to operate and receive his blessings. Amen. You know, we can't just say, I'm a Christian, but you never go to church. No, the Lord will still bless you. But is your name really going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life? When you expire, you might go down instead of up. That would be bad. This would be good. Remember, God good, devil bad. They say I oversimplify it. I don't think I do. how can you begin to operate in the spirit well this is a place that teaches you how and that's one reason i love spirit of prophecy church because we get new speakers coming up here not just me and apostle stan and leslie but other new people are coming up the ranks and being trained and equipped and so you can go out and make a change in the world But you can also get equipped by the Spirit of the Lord. Remember, Jesus said it's expedient for me to go away, and then I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you all things. So we have to operate with the Holy Spirit and with these other spirits. The Lord gave these spirits so you can operate in the kingdom of heaven. I've heard it said, you're so spiritual minded, you're no earthly good. You know, I think it's good to be spiritually minded, but we also live in this earth, you know. And I hear from many people, I'll say it this way, that they go, well, God is running my life. And that's all they're doing. They're sitting on their blessed assurance waiting for the Lord to bless them. You know, you have to do something. You have to partner with God. You can't just wait for him to drop a golden brick on your head. You know, can you do that? Sure. Well, let me know when it happens if you're not working for God because he wants us to go as far as we can go. And when we hit the end of our, you know, our court or our walk or whatever, that's when the supernatural will kick in. After we've done everything we can do, then he can show up and show off. But he's not going to, in my opinion, he's not going to lift his little finger if you're just sitting there going like, oh, help me and doing nothing. You know, even the Bible says, uh, if you don't, don't work, you shouldn't eat. So if you're not working, don't ask me for a hamburger. Is that too harsh, Sunni? Okay. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Well, hey, it's scripture, you know. I, I said the other day, uh, don't don't scold me. I'm, I'm, you know, I didn't write the book. I'm just the delivery boy. The Lord gave these spirits so we can operate in the spirit realm. Amen. Amen. The Lord gave these spirits so we can operate in might and power and victory. Amen. We need God's power to overcome these uh, trials and tribulations. And, you know, anybody heard we're in the end times? You ain't seen nothing yet. You know, a little bit of inflation. 30 bucks to buy a little bag of food and 80 bucks for a tank of gas and insurance is going up. Interest rates are going up. This is the beginning. You have seen nothing yet. You better know how to... You know, pull on your big brother's coattail and get your prayers answered. Otherwise, you'll be sitting here going like, you know, empty pockets. Or I need something that I want you to give to me. And I'll be going like, eh, where did you come from? I've never seen you before. You know, Jesus says that too, right? I cast out demons. And he goes, depart from me, work of iniquity. I don't know who you are. See, if a deliverance minister has to eat that one, you know. I want. I told God, I said, I know you know me, but I want you to know me. I want you to know. So, in other words, I don't want to go to heaven when I expire, when I become room temperature. And he says, I don't know you. No, I want him to know me. And I still want to cast out demons and raise the dead. Okay, get trained up, learn how to fight and win, become an operator. Amen. That's for all of you, you online. Become an operator. Get out on the front line where all the action is. See, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven chairs in the front row. This is a front line. Uh, Stan Alessi are there. Nobody else is. What are y'all doing back there? Come forward. Come forward. <laughs> Become an operator. Get on the front line. Okay. Now, uh, we already talked about Israel, but this is the Israeli Defense Force, and I'll have you know the women fight in Israel. They are drafted everybody fights in israel like the church we're all supposed to be fighting and supporting one another now these are the good guys and these you know when me and sunni went to israel on the donkey ride the arabs or whoever they were you know gave us these head wraps like that and so you know they're trying to put this thing on me and finally i just submit and let them put that on and uh, we got back, and our uh, Israeli tour guy goes, take that off. And I go, why? He goes, because that's the Arabs, or whoever they were. You know, there's so many over there, different sects and religions, even in, uh, even in the, the Jews. But these are, you know, black ops. We're supposed to be white ops, right? Uh, we got a computer guy back here named Doug. He's, he, uh, he calls himself a white hat banker. He chases the bad guys. So we got we got the white hats and we got the white horse. Amen. So I say to you, get in the fight, get in the battle, learn how to fight and win. I just threw this in as a bonus. It says the task ahead of you is never as great as the power behind you. See, we need the power of the Lord Jesus to back us up. You know, and I say that's what happens in Psalm 23. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. Somebody goes like, I feel like I've been forsaken. I go, well, that's unscriptural because it says he will never leave you or forsake you. What does forsake you mean? It means he won't leave you. He won't abandon you. He's going to stick with you. It doesn't mean he'd like the rapture. He's going to suck you out of the 
problem with a vacuum. He's going to leave you there where all the trouble is and all the confusion and all the trials are, but he'll feed you. He'll take care of you. That means he's going to back you up. Didn't say he's going to make it a rose garden. Pretty quiet in here. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I am a soldier in the army of the Lord, and I'm anointed. You know, man, God, God ordains. Let's talk about that. God ordains, man recognizes. You know, the gifts and callings of the Lord are without repentance. It means they're irrevocable. So if he gives it to you, he's not going to take it away. That's why you see some people get off track and they're doing all these signs and wonders, but they're unscriptural because they went wacko. We need to stay grounded in the word and the spirit. But that's who you really are. And you see that? He's blindfolded. Probably can't sleep in the daytime. (laughs) He's blindfolded, you know. That's justice right there. That's justice. And who's this? That's our king, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Jesus Christ. I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. The spirit of the Lord, the supernatural power source that creates God's thoughts in our hearts. There you go, Danny. Creating God's thoughts in our hearts, not devil thoughts. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is that spirit, the spirit of the Lord. And it says, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or we sing, there is freedom. Are you free? Yes, I'm free. A lot of them aren't. That's the spirit of the Lord. Now, we have spirit of wisdom. It is the Lord's supernatural thoughts. And I pray for this a lot because I need supernatural thoughts. Because my thoughts by myself are not supernatural Strike that from the record, Sunni. <laughs> James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, a whole bunch, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Upbraideth not, it means he won't rebuke you or he won't scold you. He gives it to you lovingly. Lovingly, Mrs. Young. Here, have some ice cream and cake. Next spirit, spirit of understanding. It's the Lord's revelation of his thoughts. We need revelation, not just of his thoughts, but of the word of God. And, you know, I was saying uh, we use 10% of our brain if we're lucky, but how much of the Bible do we really understand? I think a little bit. I don't think it's as much as we think. Uh, it's, it's, it's deep. It's, you can never get to the end of it. And so we need this, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, is the Lord's personal instructions for godly choices. How many of us make choices that aren't godly? Oh, it's just me. Hey, Sunni, I'm that guy. (laughs) Spirit of power. This is fun to operate in the power of God. It's God's supernatural ability to perform those thoughts in our own lives. See, that is a little bit different description than what I would say. I'd say spirit of power, part the Red Sea, raise the dead. Big stuff, you know. Man coming down from heaven, quail flying in three feet deep. Power. Well, this is just to perform God's thoughts in our life. You know, that's spirit of power, Amen. Because we also uh, have to fight against a uh, spirit. What is? How does it say in the scripture? Uh, Satan is the power of the air. He has power. He has power. He's 
the supernatural, and we have authority over him, but don't underestimate him. He's powerful. Yeah, even though we win in the end, if you got a crack in your armor, he can take you out. So don't ever, he's like a rattlesnake. You better watch him all the time because when you turn your head, he's going to, amen? Spirit of knowledge is seeing God's thoughts manifested in our actions. See, we talked about manifestation. Well, the Holy Ghost can manifest and God can manifest. The Word of God can manifest. We can see these things uh, be touched and be healed and cast out demons and all these things. This is manifesting our actions. How many of us would like, oh, I would like that one. Oh, how I would like to manifest God in my actions. Amen. Fear of the Lord. Uh, This is something that we need in the church greatly because... Most people don't fear, you know, I played cards with Jesus last night. False. Fear of the Lord. Yeah, we've met those people. (laughs) You know why we have a small congregation here, right? (laughs) People don't want to hear this, but you do. The fear of the Lord is walking in God's love. Oh, I need more of that. In truth, you know, uh, with the people that are, they got their act together and their bills are paid and they have a good job, they're fun to hang out with. But the ones that got, they're off, you know, they're one brick short of a load. They're broke all the time. They can't sleep. They got their demons manifesting. They're no fun to hang out with. Uh, why, why, why do you say that? Well, you know, hang out with me for a month and you'll find out. You'll get sick of it, you know. And I'm not saying I don't love them. I'm not saying I don't uh, want to minister to them. I'm saying they're difficult, you know. And you know what? A lot of them are your own personal family members. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, that's true. The enemy can come right, you know. he, he, He doesn't just come in your camp. He comes in your house through someone else and kicks over your throws a monkey wrench in the gearbox. So we, we just, yeah, well, we got to fight all the time. Okay, back to this. Uh, fear of the Lord is walking in God's love and truth, fleeing anything that would quench his spirit. Amen. Amen. I heard some amens. Why do believers need to stick together? Why? Because we're like bananas. If you leave the bunch, you're going to get peeled. There you go. There's a defeated Christian. Oh, I don't want to come to church. Well, here's your outcome. We got to stick together tighter than we've ever stuck together. And we're just in the very, very, very beginning of these end time things. You know, God is going to pour out his wrath. And we're going to see it. And if we don't stick together... That's a picture of you. Even if we don't like each other, we got to forgive each other, and we got to work together. Do you not know that we're stronger together than we are when we're separated? You know, even in the natural, you see on the animal kingdom, the lion will cut off the weak or the old, and there's lunch. They pick on the weak and the old, the helpless, the youngsters, the babies, the just newborn baby. That's who they, you know, tender succulent tastes good they want to eat them you know they and i'm telling you that's in in your natural too they want to kill your children 
What can we do when we begin to operate with the spirits of the Lord? Well, the scripture says there is nothing impossible for God, and that's also for us. But let's look at this scripture, Romans 11.1. 1. I beseech you, oh, 12.1. Thank you. I never learned to count. It's Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Not, you know, this, this is not the pat yourself on the back for doing this. This is just normal. So no candy bar, no cake and ice cream, Sunni. This is just Christianity 101. If you can't do this, I don't think you're probably saved. But you know what? That means no sex before marriage, no fornication, no adultery, no because your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And if you're doing those things, you know, you may think you're saved, but on Judgment Day, you're going to, as Danny said, you're going to roast. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, what is that good, and acceptable, imperfect will of God. So does God want us to be perfect? Let the scripture speak to your heart. And I like this, that you may prove. You know, I think that as a Christian, we should be able to prove God is real. How are you going to do that? Signs, wonders, miracles, raise the dead, cast out demons, heal the sick, the blind shall see, the lame shall walk, that type of stuff. You know, you go to Honduras, someone walks up and goes, I can't see any." You touch them and say a long prayer. Be healed in Jesus' name. They go, I can see. Well, you know, you got an atheist standing there going like, what are they going to say? God's not real? we got to prove God is real. I like it uh, in the Old Testament. John the Baptist is baptizing. He sees the Pharisees and Sadducees coming. He goes, den of vipers. What are you doing here? Who told you of the judgment to come? Show me proof of your repentance. You know, in other words, prove it, big shot. Prove to me you've repented. Well, I'm saying that to all of you and online. Prove to me that you've repented. Prove to me that you are connected with Jesus. Being a Christian without the supernatural power of God, it's impossible. It's not real. We serve a supernatural God with power, signs and wonders following so if that's you chasing after all those false signs and lying wonders, you know, get in track, repent, and connect with the real Jesus, not the false Jesus and the false Holy Spirit, and start doing these things. And then you can prove that God is real. And prove it to yourself first, and then you can get other people set free. What uh, slide? Does it say what slide I'm on, Danny? Yeah, I know. What number? 61. Yeah, we're not going to finish this today. It's okay. You, 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 you see where I'm going with this. The seven spirits of the Lord, we need to connect with these things. A lot of you, maybe you guys read Revelation, but a lot of people are scared of it. Don't be afraid of God's word. It's, it's healing and it's revelation. Here we are conformed. Here we are transformed. I'll let the slide speak for itself. Bad, good, bad, good, bad, good. 
<laughs> All right, we're six minutes over. Uh, bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for coming. Lord, help all of us, including me, grasp the concept of walking in the might and power, the supernatural power of the kingdom of God into our lives so we can help our children and help the people that we work with at our workplace and even help all of us together, working together to stand and fight and build your kingdom. Lord, bless those who are online and their families. Lord, this is a Thanksgiving, and Christmas is coming, and many people are lonely. Lord, touch them in their hearts so that they are not lonely. And those who don't have jobs, bless them with work and finances so that they can navigate through the end times. And Lord, for those who don't have a place to go for a home church, come here that can to Spirit of Prophecy Church in Plano, Texas. Do what I did. I left Iowa, came here. I left Iowa and came here, a 12-hour drive, and came here. You can do that if the Lord tells you. Jesus, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let me jump in here. First of all, many of the... Uh, I, I, once, I once saw one church, and they have 1,500 people that go to that church on a Sunday morning. And I looked online, and they have 25 views. Well, we're kind of the other way around. We maybe have 25 or 30 people here, but we have about 2,000 people that watch this each week. So really, the bigger part of our church is behind that camera. So you folks behind the camera, let me encourage you to do a couple of things. Yes, you can support us. You could go down to the bottom, you can click on the QR code, or you go down to the blue line, you click on the blue line, you go to prophecyclub.com, you can support us. But I also want to encourage you to click like and share because when you click like, the algorithm, hopefully if it's being honest and not doctored, then sends that out to other people. So you can help spread the gospel. It doesn't cost you a thing. Like, share, and subscribe. And also if you hit that bell, then when we come on with some kind of a special event, it will let you know. And yes, we do appreciate your prayers and also your financial support. Thank you, and thank you. And if you have prayer requests, come on up. We'll be happy to pray for you.